It was 2005. We were all working day jobs. The band had been on hiatus for about almost three years. And we were all uh, scrambling together rehearsals after work and on the weekends. And we had a cheap, cheap little rehearsal space in Los Angeles. And we literally had no money to make the record. So we took the demos that we had made and got a licensing deal with uh, Universal Japan. And we used that money to actually make the record because we couldn't get signed. We didn't really know we had something. We just believed in ourselves. And for some reason, we just knew it was all going to work out and we were going to go for it. So that's why the record's called 15. We did it in 15 days because we had a very small budget as far as recording it. Crazy Bitch started taking off organically online. And there was like a million views or something on, on MySpace. And then it just kind of took on a life of its own. And it's still kind of going to this day. It's crazy. I remember that we were on the road. We were touring. I got a phone call from our manager saying, hey, where's the clean version of this song? We need it for radio stations. And I was like, there's no clean version of the song. We never thought radio stations would play it. Uh, there's a lot of crazy bitch memories. Uh, I, would, I would pick out one. We were playing at like, some kind of biker charity event. And this guy had his, his um, I think it's his old lady or you know, his wife or girlfriend. She was against the front barrier. And you could tell that they, they were like plotting something the whole set. And she had a skirt on, and then um, we started playing Crazy Bitch, and he lifted up the back of her skirt and started uh, banging her right there while we were performing the song. It was pretty cool. Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pregaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So back to my concert chronology, and I saw another show at another new venue, new to me, and this venue is only about 45 minutes to my east. This episode is going to revolve around the Buck Cherry show I saw February 16th, 2006 at the Machine Shop in Flint, Michigan. And since we've got all kinds of filth on this episode, <laughs> I had to welcome back Andy to the podcast. Andy, welcome back. Hey, great to be here. Always up for the filth. Lots of filth, as as heard at the top of the top of the episode. So <laughs> You'll have to wait, Andy. <laughs> oh, you'll have to wait for that. So this is the introduction of my friend, Rob, who has a family in the neighborhood here. But we we met, you know, right around this time, I want to say, and learned that he was into music. So he was my he was my music sharing buddy i guess you could say so stuff would come out i'd buy half of it he'd buy the other half and we'd either dub it or give the cds to each other and upload them and that type of thing so pretty cool situation he was a great guy yeah i've kind of lost track of him now he'll show up in some other episodes and there's some funny stories uh with him is as well but this was the first show we attended together so backgrounds with the bands on the bill so we've talked about buck cherry andy <laughs> back on episode 69 actually recorded it in your basement that rock fest in kansas city so i know i think we talked about how we kind of got into them at, at that point you know at this point you know they had released obviously the debut released time bomb time bomb bombed <laughs> commercially and josh went off and did his own thing solo thing which i covered i saw him a couple times when we were living in baltimore and then they got back together and and put this out i, I mean we're going to talk about this album a little bit later on but what what do you remember i guess about getting into this album do you recall all of my getting into buck cherry both at the beginning and this album was courtesy of Ullman our co-slam fest buddy 
I'm certain that he is 100% responsible for all of my Buckcherry <laughs> familiarity, knowledge, and concerts. So I think you saw this show that we're talking about today in February of 06 and somewhere in 07, they passed through the Lancaster Event Center and uh, played I don't know what set list because it's unfindable. <laughs> As Mike likes to say, they needed gas money on the way from <laughs> somewhere Denver to somewhere else. But it was it was great. I'm certain I heard a lot of this album live. But yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I know we're going to talk about it in more detail, but holy smokes, quality. Yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, was that you and Ullman went to that show? Yep, and one of his yeah. buddies. Okay, okay, yeah. And I guess I don't know. Well, my guess is is that it was on this tour still. I don't think the next album was out yet. I don't think it came out until 08, so technically. And this was a popular album, obviously, so they they milked it <laughs> for for everything that they uh, everything that they had. So, yeah, so that album came out in Japan technically in october of 05 so my, my recollection is and again i was starting to hear stuff online first whether it was you know a song on a music website being dropped but i i remember hearing crazy bitch <laughs> on my computer was the first thing that i heard from this album and then the album didn't come out in the U.S. until April of 2006. So I actually saw them promoting it before it had been released in the States. Getting into the show, and I'll talk a little bit more about the venue and, and can tell you just a, a couple minuscule details about, yeah, we, we drove over there and, and hung out in the lot for a, a little bit. Uh, prior to the show, but we can we can talk about that a little bit uh, a little bit later. But let's just jump into the into the show and the set list. So kicked off with so far, broken glass, porno star, fall, out of line, check your head, dirty mind, next to you, riding, you, dead again, for the movies, crazy bitch lit up and finished up with crushed so yeah i mean the set list that i found didn't necessarily say it was a quote-unquote encore so they may have just played right <laughs> right through 15 tracks so six songs from the debut four songs from time bomb and five songs off of the new album 15 what do you think of that set andrew i I think all three of these albums are great, including Time Bomb. So, as I know you're going to point out, Good Balance, I mean, that has to be right up your alley. Six, four, and five. Yeah. That, well, yeah, shocked, actually, that they played four from Time Bomb. Right. <laughs> you know, with, with, with how uh, disappointing commercially it was. Not, not from a, obviously, from a kick-ass standpoint because the whole thing is pretty good. And we'll talk about that album a little bit later as well. But what I'm thrilled with from the five songs from the new album, <laughs> not one ballad. Not that I don't like the ballads, but they didn't play one ballad from the new album. And of course, those songs were, were pretty big, but this album hadn't come out yet still riding high on crazy bitch and they didn't touch any of that but the other thing i noticed and i don't even know how i noticed it but i, I ended up color coding it on my copy andy sorry i didn't i didn't send you this copy but they played two songs off of the new album then two songs off of time bomb and then they played a new song two songs off of the debut a new song two songs off of time bomb <laughs> Two songs off the debut, new song, two songs off the debut. Just kind of interesting from a yeah. from a set order. But, you know, when, when I even look at the fact that they didn't slow this set down until track 10. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, and I, I love that song that they put in at 10. 
but that was that was pretty cool. And I again, I did I didn't remember this until going back and looking that they did not play those those ballads. But uh, so it was just a rock and show. Do you think part of that is that they? Well, I guess they were coming off a break. I mean, they were broken up or whatever. Broken up, yeah. So maybe, yeah, right. maybe that was part of it. Like they hadn't rehe- quite rehearsed enough. But I don't know. When I think of Buck Cherry, they're just the hardest workingest, touringest rock and roll band, at least in my uh, belief. That uh, maybe they just didn't have enough time to possible. Yeah, and get I mean they played. Organized. Yeah, I mean they played and, five songs off of it, but yeah, you know, so. But this was interesting too. So Josh and Keith got back together, but you know, put a new band together. So Stevie D, rhythm guitar player, Jimmy Ashurst on bass, and Xavier Muriel on on drums. So you know, new new band. And again, just interesting that they <laughs> they played four songs from from Time Bomb. I do remember it being louder than shit, you know, and it just. You know, it's a it's a club, and again, we'll talk talk a little bit more about it later. But it was really loud. That drummer has hair for days, and I and I remember fans. He had fans on him, and it was just blowing his hair up in the air. And it, which is interesting because I found a show. There's a show online from Philly from the summer of '06, and. At that show, they played everything in Sorry, back to back, <laughs> in the middle of the set. Which, and then Crazy Bitch was right after those two slow songs, which was interesting. But I mean, just watching. I mean, the way you're describing hardworking, you know, touring. All I mean, they they just bring it in this video, uh, this this on on YouTube, and it's it's an interesting watch. So that kind of brought back some some memories of it they had screens this was a little odd but they had screens in front of their back line of the debut album cover awesome cover the awesome cover and if that yeah but i guess a little interesting that i mean if that's kind of their you know is that what they were kind of doing they have a logo obviously but you know why not uh why not put the new (laughs) the new album logo on there you know saw that and then the (laughs) The bass player was wearing this wool flat cap. What the fuck? You know what I'm talking about when I say a wool flat cap? Yep. It looked it looked kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It kind of I, I I feel like I can remember that as well and thinking it was odd, but he he did a ma- majority of the backing vocals. I know Stevie D does some of them as well and Keith Nelson does not seem to sing much backing vocals at least on that show from philly that i that i saw but no i mean overall and i hadn't seen them since 2001 so i hadn't seen them for five years yeah it was definitely a a cool show to go to and and you know without getting too far into the what we think of some of the new songs because <laughs> we're going to talk about that album here shortly of course porno star was in there and we know how i feel about that song From that <laughs> from that episode but you know fall from time bomb just just great i mean the songs from the debut i mean it was all it was all they're good they've got that you know by this album having three albums full of material yeah, yeah. again maybe even a little surprised you now with time bomb not doing anything unfortunately that kind of killed their momentum because you know it would have been interesting if they would have you know toured extensively on that and then rolled right into 15 uh, you know because the video i saw them in i mean it's 500 people gosh you know and the the one in philly that trocadero i think is what it's called i don't know how big that is but i i think it's it's more than 500 but i don't think it's a you know it's not a 2500 seater yeah type of thing which it just you know seems seems a, a a little odd i mean the first album sold a million and this one sold two million <laughs> you know it just yeah. just seems like they didn't they never uh 
I never got elevated really to that. And again, it's a different time and and all that. But I mean, they they certainly sold a shitload of albums and 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 were successful by by this point. So, and they were probably torn between making the hits that people that, that quote the average listener, which pretty much describes me most of the time, like versus probably what they like, which is the straight ahead rockers. And maybe yeah. that has something to do with it. They just, they might have refused to, to go full poison. And to conform. Yeah. Conform. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, well, yeah, I mean, do what, what do you, do you recall anything from the show that you saw? <laughs> I mean, I know we don't have the set list, but yeah, I mean, I, it was in, it's basically in like a, Paddle Barn, that's what yep. the Lancaster Event Center is. Yeah. So we were in like the main show arena. And when I say show arena, I'm talking about cow shows and sheep shows and <laughs> right. whatever animal shows they do, rodeo, stuff like yep. that. Yep. And it was, uh, yeah, I remember we were right up front. It was well attended for a very small place. I mean, at least it, there was more than 100 people there. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, not anything for them, as Olman likes to say, gas money. But <laughs> no, I, I remember it was fantastic. I mean, we, we hit it pretty hard before the show, so we were in fair <laughs> form and uh, it was a great night. Yeah, good. So now onto the concert calendar. So Buck Cherry just got done playing quite a few shows again as we as we described hardworking band over the last year and a half I guess supporting Hellbound and I Andy I, I I'm, a, I'm a little bit confused so you guys you and Matt just saw them again yes. correct yep and that that was a that was a reschedule from a postponement was the postponement from this summer or last summer yeah it was from last summer so I think it was a year later yeah, so 2021 is when you guys so. were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because was, was here. Yeah, so Mike was in town. You guys were were hanging out in Matt's driveway. Standard sort of weekday pregame, just a few beers in the driveway. We all get an email at the same time on our phones that Buck Cherry is not coming because of COVID. I think so. Everyone was getting a refund, which I appreciated, but the opener was going to play for a two hour set or something for free. So we went to the venue, uh, it was Eva on Fire and they were great sports. They played all their stuff. Then they basically pulled out their iPads and phones and just played covers. So we ended up having a great time, even though you, you kind of get that pit in the stomach oh, when yeah. your show gets canceled. I know you've been through it I know a lot of your listeners will have been through it. Turned out to be a great night. And then the kicker story on the show that we did see uh, recently when Buck Cherry was here is they were advertising the opener. So we were drinking beers in his driveway again, watching college football. And we missed half of Buck Cherry because there in fact was no opener. <laughs> So when we parked and walked in, say 45 minutes after the opener was supposed to start, we had missed the first half of Buck Cherry, which was super sad and disappointing <laughs> and kind of embarrassing, but these things yeah. happen. Well, yeah, and unfortunately I've got the subsequent shows where that's <laughs> that's happened and not not due to an opener not either showing up or 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 being there but self-inflicted <laughs> <laughs> delays so that'll that'll be fun to fun to talk about so when this episode drops buck cherry's only got two shows they're actually i think in australia right now for just a handful of shows and then they'll be back so when this episode drops december 8th they're in tucson arizona and then the next day on the 9th they're riverside california and then they've got nothing so time for them to probably go back in the studio and knock out another album and then 
do it all over again. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I was at, I was very close to actually going, probably back in twenty one, to I, I don't remember either Detroit or Grand Rapids, and so I, I can't even remember what uh, what conflict I had uh, that I could not go. But I was I was close to to hitting that tour and did not get a chance to. How many times have you seen him all told? Oh goodness. You know, probably half dozen, I would I would say. So yeah, I've got uh I'm trying to even think the most recent gosh, the most recent time might have been opening for KISS on that Alive 35 tour they did in whatever, 2009 time frame. So but the cool part about that is it was at Kobo. Nice. <laughs> so that uh yeah, that'll be that'll be a good one to talk about as well. Now onto the band on the bill spotlight. So obviously this tour supporting Buck Cherry's third studio album 15, released on April 6th of 06, produced by Mike Plenetkoff and Paul DeCarly and Keith Nelson. So that uh, guitar player is credited as producer as well, charted at number 39, and as I mentioned, certified two times platinum. So I tasked Andy and I with ranking the songs on this album from 13 to 1, and yes, 13, because we're including the two Japanese bonus tracks so actually andy i don't think i've done a ranking thing like this since uh you mike and i did slave to the grind <laughs> i don't yeah. i don't i don't do the ranking thing that often again i try to mix this stuff up a little bit as much as i can so i think maybe the best way to do this and i think this is the way we did it on that one is maybe you could do two i you know 13 and 12 and i'll do 13 and 12 and you know, if a song comes up, obviously we can we can talk about it at the same time and then just mention, you know, our ranking later or whatever, you know, however it however it ends up flowing. But uh you wanna start with thirteen and twelve? Sounds good. I'm gonna take a page out of Steve's <laughs> book and start with the I hate you and just get it out <laughs> of the way. Because I can I can give you a 13 and I can give you a top five, but all the, <laughs> it's all good. There's nothing bad. Okay, 13. It, I have Pump It Up, one of the bonus tracks. Yes. I texted you earlier this week that it sounds like the Escape Club's Wild Wild West, at least the verses do. It's not a bad song. I don't. I don't dislike it. And then uh, twelve, onset, which sounds uh, a lot, sounds a lot like Green Day to me, which is not a bad thing. Interesting. Well, yeah. So I uh, so I've got pump it up in my first two, but it's number twelve. And yeah, same thing. When you texted me that picture, I was like, I've got it in my notes. Yeah. I mean, it is it is identical. To that wild wild west verse choruses is, is okay yeah and then that the riff which we talked about too it, it sounded like uh sounded like something and i think you're you're one way or another from blondie was was probably as close that's probably what was rattling in my head because i couldn't place it either but so that's my number 12 but 13 i went with brooklyn, brooklyn! <laughs> and I mean, it's a little, you know, it's a little acoustic ditty, is all, as I'll call it. And his little outbursts are 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 fun and funny sometimes. But the the random Brooklyn scream, <laughs> screams that he does Brooklyn! just just rub me just rub me the wrong way. So, and whether you know what this song is about. 
I mean, the the pre-chorus. Don't be afraid. I won't bite hard. It's better than being alone. <laughs> so I don't know. And again, I think his. I think some of his outbursts, as I'm calling them, and you know, people that know about Terry know what I'm talking about. Just he'll he'll just you know scream something in that voice that only he has. But for whatever reason, the random Brooklyn's Brooklyn! drive me crazy. So anyway, <laughs> that's 13, and then Pump It Up was was 12 for me all right great on to 11 and 10 for me yep carousel which i think is a very good song but it seems like it's too slow for it like if it could just be a little faster i would like it more and then uh probably due to fatigue number 10 i have sorry uh good ballad but there are better buck cherry has better ballads yeah couldn't agree more with that with your comment on on sorry but let me go with number 11 so onset which you already talked about and it's funny you said green day because i said i said that it reminded me of something and couldn't uh couldn't place it uh exactly again it's not yeah not a not a terrible song i mean it's you know you're always there you're always with me you always fill me up it's scary out there you know that kind of call and response from from josh i mean it's it it's it's fine but it's yeah it's it, it uh you had it at 12 i had it at 11 i think that's i think that's where it belongs and then 10 i had sorry <laughs> also <laughs> so i mean obviously the true ballad you know of the album there's there's a couple other mellow songs on here but the true ballad made it to number nine which uh, you know amazing top 10 song for them but you know what's with the one word titles for their mellow songs easy on the aerosmith from the <laughs> from the 90s you know the, that that plucking acoustic string or you know guitar string thing it kind of sounds like the begin the piano in alone by heart just that da, na, 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 na. and the pre-chorus reminded me of oasis which isn't a bad thing i love love oasis but again there's lots of uh, things that it kind of reminds me reminds me of but it's it's just it's pretty pandering <laughs> you know overall but i do i do love the lyric in here and i think it's towards the end of co the chorus i love how you kiss i love all your sounds yeah gotta like that right <laughs> they had to put the filth in even with the, the balance <laughs> but, but and what's funny about this and i mentioned it during the show the philly show on on youtube uh the track listing after this song is crazy bitch <laughs> what, what? What is what is with that? I don't know. That seems that seems off. That seems off to me. So yeah. So funny story. When I was so I was probably a freshman in high school, and went to CCD. <laughs> I don't even know what that stands for, <laughs> but Catholic Catholic school, whatever. I didn't go to a Catholic school, but this was at the church on Wednesdays and. My next door neighbor, Matthew, and I, you know, we, we tormented everybody at that thing all the time. But Kiss Crazy Nights had come out somewhere around there. And there's a song on there called Reason to Live. And for some reason, I think one of the teachers or whatever had reached out, you know, bring some songs, you know, with some lyrics that are whatever subject we were talking about. So the songs, you know, everyone's got a reason to live, you know, even if it's not with you or your love and blah 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 so i like this thing she made copies of the liner notes with the lyrics the song immediately after this made it on the copy that she uh -oh. made and it's good girl gone bad <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so they played the song and they handed out these sheets to everybody, you know, with regards to the lyrics and everyone had the lyrics to Good Girl Gone Bad. So a great, uh, you know, a great 
you know, warm Gene Simmons song. So, <laughs> oh boy. So anyway, that that made me think of that a little bit. Just the track listing debacle in, <laughs> in the order. <laughs> so we're on the same page, though. We both had sorry at ten. Yeah. Moving on to nine and eight. Yes. Everything. Yeah. Which is very good. A little too happy. I feel like it's not really Buck Cherry. Um, and then Sunshine for Eight. Uh, I love the chorus of that song. The verses are, are good, not great. Uh, but the chorus is fantastic. I love that. So that was my nine and eight. Yes. Yeah, great tempo change, I think, with that chorus where it slows down. So, so yeah, so my number nine, Carousel, you know, some of the same, you know, I don't think they even mentioned Carousel in the song, which, which is, which is interesting and, and, and unique, but yeah, it's a different, I, I don't know how to, I'm not sure how to describe that song. It's a, it's a different, uh, it's a different feel. I, yeah, not as good as everything's breakdown. I mean, it's a, there's a cool breakdown in there, but it's not as good as everything, what I've got noted. So it's again, it's good, not great. And then I had Sunshine at eight as well. I, I had a note here, Black Crow's feel to that song, which, you know, which can't go wrong with the with the black black crows and then he's gosh there's there was a note in here during there's a breakdown kind of a cool bass line let the sun shine baby girl and then he's just got this unbelievable grunt or something in it just uh what did i say channeling his best james brown which is actually interesting that i kind of thought of james brown because he he probably gets a lot of his, his shtick from <laughs> james brown with some of his dancing moves and a lot of his just you know just yelling things kind of randomly yeah i can so, see that yeah so anyway so that's how yeah so carousel and sunshine nine and eight for me moving on to seven again due to fatigue crazy bitch yeah a song that i have loved and i have sung <laughs> along with the rest of the crowd <laughs> and will continue to do so but we've all heard it enough and then back in the day is my number six <clears throat> i toyed with putting this even higher such a great riff <laughs> and such a great chorus but i just i just didn't have as much history with it being on the japanese edition so that's where i put it yeah okay so seven and six for me so seven next to you and during our uh pump it up texting i threw this out to andy as well but so it, the riff the opening riff initially i i said that it was very aerosmithy which it is but it's even more are you going to be my girl by jet and I, that came out a little bit before this <laughs> did that song did but i mean overall i mean it's a it's a good it's a great song great call and response during the verse with with the riff great harmonies in the in the chorus the uh breakdown there's that spoken word part which is actually pretty cool I, i'm not always a, a fan of spoken word stuff but it works it works here so that is my number seven number six i've got everything and out of the obviously out of the mellow songs this is my favorite of the three just i think it's just got a cool vibe again i got a note sounds sounds like something and and could not could not place it you know yeah and i mentioned had a, having a great uh, great breakdown in there great interjections from from Josh during the outro, but it's kind of cliched because it, it goes up a key, <laughs> at, you know, towards the kind of that outro, which is very, eh, not not always a fan of stuff that goes up a key. But anyway, that's where I'm at, seven and six. 
Moving on to five that I have so far, which is a fantastic uh, song and opener. Great storytelling. And four I have next to you, which lyrically for me is the best chorus on the album. I mean, just the the way that was written. Oh yeah. Yeah. Two yep. great songs. Nice. So yeah, so top five. So I've got so far at number five. And I mean, yeah, just the fact that it starts off with him, I tell you how the story's told, kicks into that riff. And, you know, during the verse, just those, just the, the riff during the verse and those, what I'll call kind of those extra chords that are almost at the end of each verse line, just, just are awesome. Get me, get me every time. The thing that ruined, not ruins it, but the, the reason this isn't even higher for me. So, I mean, it's the leadoff track kicks you in the face it's got f-bombs all over the place and then there's these na na nas <laughs> which which i'm a fan of na na nas i'm a fan of do 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 stuff i bet i'm a fan of all of that stuff but i don't think it works here i i almost wish they would have maybe you know just have keith nelson do like a, a lead fill you know, in the melody of those na na nas or something, kind of at the end of the chorus, it just it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit for me. So that's uh, that's why it's where it's at. But it uh, it could be it could have been higher. <laughs> and uh, number four, I put crazy bitch. I mean, obviously, fatigue made it to number fifty nine. And I I am you got to give them kudos of how they figured out a way to put this thing on the radio if you remember the radio edit Andy. yeah where, or, remind, remind me i remember here well I remember yeah i mean because there's even some stuff you know obviously the chorus is you know is is littered with stuff but there's even some stuff either during the verses and they they just brought some some out outbursts from josh and just put them like over so it's not like they didn't re-record it you know, they didn't have a clean version per se. They edited it, you know, on the back end and somehow wow. just dropped in some stuff that covered up, <laughs> covered up the filth. Scream so loud, getting fucking laid. You want me to stay, but I got to make my way. Hey, y'all crazy bitch, but you so good I'm on top of it. I'm doing you all night. Statues all down my back to keep me right on. Hey, y'all crazy bitch, but you're so good I'm on top of it when I dream. I'm doing you all night. Statues all down my back to keep me right on. I mean, without all of that stuff, I mean, musically, it is fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, just love it at, at the end when it kind of maybe double time kind of picks up and it's kind of a driving, you know, the driving riff there at the end. So, and I mean, you know, any song that ends with you're crazy, but I like the way you fuck me. Hey. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that, so yeah that's i mean great thing about buck cherry that you need to know <laughs> right. great great song um you know and it obviously i mean they you know so think about think about them for a second right the first album cocaine cocaine song right that was kind of their thing but it, it got people talking about them i mean porno star doesn't necessarily you know didn't necessarily get people talking about that album because it wasn't wasn't commercially successful but they still had that on there and then this this album had this song on it and the next album has a song on it kind of like that so they were kind of going down that path i mean hell they had an ep just titled fuck so yeah <laughs> with six songs obviously uh with that in the title but yeah can't can't deny it's 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 a great song and it, it comes across great live so that's my five and four Moving on to three, Out of Line, which I know you love so much. 
and I do too, <laughs> and I'm gonna let you talk about it. Are you ready for my number two? You're gonna die, you're gonna never invite me back. As much as you hate Brooklyn, Brooklyn! I love Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn! Yeah. Hey, Andy, I hated it the first note of it that I heard. <laughs> it doesn't really fit with the rest of the album, but it is just bluesy awesomeness. I love yeah. it. Never skip it. Absolutely love it. Oh, that's why we do. That's why we do this. That's why we. That's why we talk about it because it. Yeah. Everybody, everybody finds, everybody finds something, and and that stuff. So, so three and two for me. So back in the day, Andy, you mentioned that you said that it could have been higher for you as well. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe this didn't make it on our version. And like you said, you you haven't lived with it for for very long and otherwise it might have been it might have been higher but good lord i mean the the verse melody specifically is what stands out to me and the lyrics <laughs> the lyrics are awesome when we made up when we made out on the front porch kiss on your mouth harmonies are great yeah just just a fantastic song don't don't have any idea why it didn't uh didn't make it, but looking at the lyrics during the chorus, back in the day, we would celebrate the moon dive. I don't, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know. know if I want to know. I don't know if I want to know what that means, but. I hope something I, in the <laughs> celestial skies, but I doubt it. <laughs> doubt it, right? Um, and the, yeah, the all I want, all I want is you stuff. It just, yeah, all of it is, is great. So it made it number three for me. Uh, number two, which yeah, so we're we're getting we're getting to the nitty gritty. So yeah, I know I know what your number one is. It's my number two. So broken glass I, I, intro reminds me of the Foo Fighters. All my life, you know that just oh, yeah. and uh, the scream it kicks into that riff. I mean it's. <laughs> Yeah. it's just an absolute onslaught and i mean this song so in my show right they started with so far and i think they went right into this yeah and i i think they were later on maybe on this tour they might have been starting with this song at, at some point but the pre-chorus i mean i looked, looked this up at first i'm like what is this song about <laughs> exactly but the video it sounds like it's about war or looks like it's about war of some sort that's what the the video is about and i i feel like i may have but it doesn't sound like it yeah i don't know <laughs> to me it 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 don't yeah it almost sounds sounds like yeah i mean a, a really really bad subject <laughs> of you know some sort of domestic issue at home i don't know so, and doesn't he doesn't he uh in live performances doesn't he say here's a song about war i think and, he does yeah i think so maybe that's what i maybe that's what i heard uh as well so i don't know don't know for sure but yeah wow what a what a jam yeah no so, doubt if, if a martian came down to earth and, and said who's buck cherry this is the song you put on. I mean, I, you'd have a lot of choices, I guess, but yeah. this would be tops among them. Well, and are you are you familiar with Josh's solo album? Not much. I guess not much. Yeah. So there's a song on there. I, I want to say it's called Straight Jacket that kind of reminds me, uh, you know, of, of this kind of the, the feel. The feel of it is just... Uh, overwhelming right. song so so yeah so yeah so my number one is out of line which is probably no no surprise and I, you know not not being a musician i how how are they making that sound at the beginning of the song any idea uh, no i mean it, it sounds like a talk box but what do well, i know i have yeah, no idea I, yeah, I mean the talk box comes in. I I'm just talking about that. It almost sounds like is it the ba is it a bass like tapping on the string and having some sort of flange effect? Because it's like 
that wah 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 you know thing and then there's you know toggle switch stuff happening and then obviously the talk box comes in but what a what a vibe acdc feel <laughs> big time and i mean his his vocal his vocal delivery during the chorus just uh, and then guitar picking in in verse two just yeah and again i was thrilled that they get they played it on this run and i think they've been playing it even more recently i mean i know you only saw half of their set <laughs> most recently and i don't know yeah so i don't know i don't know if it was in i don't know if it was actually in there or not but i know they've been playing that and and uh slamming i think they've been playing slamming off a of time bomb recently as well so yeah so some some similarities in there obviously a glaring difference with brooklyn, brooklyn! <laughs> yeah i love it <laughs> uh you know and I, I i i guess i can't even say i don't think i even like the music of it you don't like the guitar that pleases <laughs> i don't guitar. i don't know yeah it just uh it just doesn't work i don't know yeah doesn't work for me and i i do like variety sometimes on an, on an album but not in this case doesn't work for me fair enough so moving on to the slam fest tip of the week so mentioned i was attending the show at a venue that was new to me so the machine shop great venue in flint michigan so everyone knows flint because of the <laughs> the water disaster several years ago but so yeah, 45 minutes uh, to the east uh, of me and great venue in a very steedy part of Flint, Andy. <laughs> I'm so I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> sensing a theme for these shows in Michigan that you see. Kind so of here, here's here's the other clientele within spitting distance of this venue. No shortage of party stores, which yeah. you've you've seen that. Strip clubs, pawn shops, yes. speedy yes. tax services, check and go. <laughs> yes. So that's that's what I yes that's what I mean when I say CD part of Flint. Um, opened in March of 2002, and I mentioned about a 500 capacity, but you know rock metal is is the primary genres that that go there but there's some outlaw country andy that goes there is that right <laughs> it is so i'm yeah i'm uh i like or follow them on facebook so i see all their concert announcements and yeah every once in a while there's like some guy that i've never heard of and he's got a cowboy hat on but they yeah. they, they get some they get some outlaw country but very cool decor matching the name the machine shop you know very fitting for michigan so it's you know very 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 well done it's a even though it's in a bad bad part of town it's 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 actually very very nice inside and and you know sound is good even though i mentioned this was this one was blaring but what's really cool is the hallway little hallway leading to the stage pictures all over the wall of everybody that's been there probably on the ceiling as well but what they, they take a picture of the artist and or band in that hallway and they always post it uh you know like on facebook and i, I guess i don't know where the pictures go because they they've probably run out of space but pretty cool tradition uh from that standpoint nice. the um the barricade is interesting so there's there's poles you know that probably that go up you know four feet or whatever and there's a chain wow <laughs> that that kind of goes you know but so it's not you know not a full-blown barricade so i can't see things getting too out of hand at that place you know because there's not much obviously between kind of a flimsy almost like chain that's that's on those posts but i i thought that was interesting and then i think bands like playing this place because you'll see our pictures of artists other artists you know wearing machine shop you know they've got a cool logo and and you see you see people wearing wearing shirts and and that type of thing so so i mentioned i i did a little uh tease 
you know, obviously. So we drove over there. You know, this is my first time going to a show with this guy, so I wasn't sure, you know, hey, you know, I packed a cooler of some, <laughs> is, that, is that, are you good with that? Yeah, so we hung out and we listened to songs and Andy, you'll make fun of me, but I, I remember a song that he played. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course you do. Don't Talk to Strangers by Dio. Nice. <laughs> and I, I again, yeah, it, it's weird that I, I attach that type of stuff to these things and, but very very random and of course i was i mean i knew know the song obviously and that song starts starts off very mellow and uh but but obviously kicks in but yeah i remember so yeah we were we were we were playing shit and i, I say this a lot if god it would be fun to see what we listen to <laughs> yeah oh yeah kudos to rob pulling out during that but yeah he pulled out he pulled out a good a, a goodie for sure so yeah so all in all it was it was a good show and yeah, just a hop, hop and a skip from where I'm at. Again, I'm you know, in the middle of the state, and you know, Lansing has attempted to get you know some venues, smaller venues like this, and they never succeed. And and I, the, the problem is, is that there are ones that have made names for themselves in Flint, Grand Rapids, Battle Creek. I mean, all that stuff is you know, 45 minutes away from me, roughly. Obviously, Detroit's further, but so I, I'm not sure. Not sure Lansing will ever figure out a way to make that work with the competition that they've got around them. The thing about people in Michigan is they go to shows. They do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My limited experience coming to see shows with you, a lot of people generally show up, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They they like their metal here. <laughs> fantastic for sure but yeah i mean does it yeah does it go back to the you know the working class uh you know environment and and that type of thing that uh it could be it could be that's what that's why people succeed here i would i would imagine bands generally do well here let's close this episode out with a which side are you on So, looking at Buck Cherry, obviously <laughs> the only artist on the bill. We already did the debut album back on that other episode, Andy, and we just talked about Fifteen. So, we we've talked about Time Bomb before, but we haven't done we haven't done a side one versus side two. So that's what we're gonna do. So, sophomore album released March twenty seventh, two thousand one, produced by John Travis. Could that be a more John Doe name? Who's John Travis? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. So obviously did not chart and no no certifications whatsoever. So Andy, I think I mean I think we talked obviously a little bit about even this album on that previous episode. You know, I had just moved to KC and I think I meant talked about on that episode we were house <laughs> house hunting or whatever and i heard it heard this riding i think on the on the rock station down there and i think on that episode i talked about how much i love the album but i did not like it right away like the first couple listens it uh which was odd but the one thing i did not mention so right when we were moving to kc whenever that was march i mean we had just, we came out and saw saw you guys out in utah right before we moved if you recall that we yeah a ski thing but acdc they they had put out stiff upper lip the previous summer matt came up for the show i think matt and mike went down to kemper arena and saw that tour but acdc announced another leg north american leg of the tour and joe lewis arena was on it for may and Buck Cherry was announced as the opener. And yeah. I was moving and I was moving away. Which Matt, again, going back to that MTV concert from 1983 that's recorded at Joe Lewis Arena. He was he was beside himself. <laughs> You should delay your move. 
<laughs> should delay your move, you know, and all that. Actually, I think that show, I almost want to say that show and maybe a handful of them got pushed back a month or something. It, it, that's the only thing I can, I can remember of it, but they, but pretty cool. I mean, ACDC played the palace, you know, in August and in the following May, they, they played Joe Lewis arena <laughs> coming back through on the, on the second leg. But yeah, that would have been something. Yeah, no doubt. Buck Cherry and ACDC together. Who yeah. would have been good. So Andy, let's see how, what have we got? Uh, we got 13 songs on here, so it's a little bit odd. So the breakdown, we've got six on side one and seven and kind of including the ghost track on there. But hey, the sophomore album, lots of excess on here. <laughs> a lot of filth. <laughs> A lot of filth for a band who likes filth to begin with. <laughs> yep. So side one, I liked. It's a great opener. Uh, super up tempo. Great song. It's Riding. non. It's non traditional though, isn't it? Kind of. Uh, to me, I have it like I, that. It's a kind of a non traditional arrangement. To me, it's just kind of a. In I mean, I love it. Well, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I think that's yeah. why I didn't like the album initially, because it feedback in, you know, into that riff and crazy percussion and then just kicks in. I don't. Is that the chorus? Is that the I, I don't know what's the chorus and what's the riff or what's yeah. the verse. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I guess that's kind of what I mean. It just it's it's non-traditional, but still rules yeah it does and of course he tried to in more recent interviews tried to get out of the filth <laughs> saying oh no i think that was about skateboarding and <laughs> snowboarding we all know yeah, Josh. we all know what i've done we all know sure sure it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> track two riding i wrote four words great riff great fill <laughs> yep yeah awesome song fucked up from the left side down mom and dad are out of town you know they don't like it when you're stoned and that scream that's <laughs> stoned fantastic moving on to time bomb this is the this is the sophomore album theme song and in my opinion and <laughs> They stole, as far as I know, Bitches and Money was from N.W.A. It could have been somebody else, but... Oh, in, shit. Yeah, you know, great point. In my I, world, that was N.W.A. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it fits. I mean, it. I don't, I don't think he was trying to shy away from that or pretend like he invented that phrase, but yeah, this is the sophomore album theme song. <laughs> With an appropriate title. Yeah, there you go. Porno star, you know how I feel about this. <laughs> that is straight filth and a great song. I mean, I know you, you're the CCD got you so that you don't <laughs> like this song, but it's fantastic. Place in the Sun gives you kind of a much needed break on side. We need a break. Like if you're old like me, you need a break after one through four. And Place in the Sun gives it gives that to you. <laughs> and has a great chorus. I love it. Yeah. And uh, Helpless, it, it's maybe the weak link on the side for me, but it has a great build and it's a great song. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll pick up kind of where I stopped interrupting there. Title cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, just great riffs i mean acdc kind of all over all over this this album and in, in in spots uh which you know they're wearing their influences on their on their sleeve but yeah i, I love love the sophomore theme song andy that's 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 perfect that's, <laughs> that's exactly what that is porno star yeah again i not not only the the novelty stuff i think i talked about this in that other episode just his his harmonies during the verses 
it's almost sound like they're in that minor key. Ah, I don't know. It just, yeah, doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Place in the sun, love it. Um, you know, the last whatever that is, twenty seconds. You know, and never pick up the phone and the haze and the music stops and there's delay and all that just is fantastic. And saw him do that live there back in whatever that was, 2001. Agree. So helpless, you know, acoustic mellow intro, kind of Black Crows ish. I, I noted that again. Heartbreak Station, I'm Gone. I mean, that's, that's, Cinderella has a song called Heartbreak Station uh, is as well. I mean, this is a little more upbeat than that than that song. So again, not not terrible, but not great. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it kind of probably other than that. I'm not a fan of Porno Star. That's probably the weak link on on side one. How about side two, Andrew? Side two starts with underneath which for me was uh, another song that sounds like Green Day, kind of punky. And it's not a bad thing to sound like Green Day, just kind of what it reminds me of. And then I'm not sure why they bleeped out, if you will, slit my wrists, but whatever they did, and I don't care, it doesn't bother me, but it's kind of interesting. That song for me has a cheap trick feel. Uh, again, not a ah, bad thing, yeah. but kind of feels that way to me. Whiskey in the Morning, kind of a fitting Buck Cherry song. Very <laughs> punk, very punky. And so I like that. Is, is You their best ballad? <laughs> I think it is. It could be. I love that song, and you alluded to that earlier. Um, back to the filth, slamming, uh, slamming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this this is straight <laughs> off side one. I mean, this is filth, and it rocks, and <laughs> no weaknesses in that song. Fall is a great rocker, and then uh, open my eyes, the hidden track. It's, I like the song. It's a little thin, like it wasn't quite finished. And there's kind of some awkwardness connecting the chorus to the verse or a verse that I can't remember somewhere. There's something bizarre in there, but it's a good song. I, I, I kind of wish they would have fleshed that out, worked on it a little bit more, put it somewhere else. But yeah, that's what I got for side two. Nice. Yeah, my side two for me, it, uh, it kind of limps, <laughs> limps in there a little bit. I mean, underneath, yeah, you were talking Green Day. I, I said '90s. I said Material Issue. <laughs> if you remember those guys, oh yeah. Um, so that's what I, I that's what I put. I mean, it, you know, good melody, harmonies in the in the chorus, but yeah, kind of kind of sounds like that. And then yeah, this the slit my wrist. Why they block out the slit part? I don't know. Say this was technically the second single. Wow. You know, the first single was riding, obviously, and I I don't know. I put uh, I put that it sounded like um, Sugar or Husker Do stuff. So Bob Mold stuff mm -hmm. uh, from yeah. the 90s uh, as well. So, again, not uh, not not bad, but but not great. Whiskey in the Morning, you know, the chorus is OK, but it kind of sounds like Porno Star <laughs> <laughs> the melody does. <laughs> so kind of reminds me of that and not a fan of the can't stop drinking gonna die part yeah uh, uh, whatever i kind of uh i mean i get it he's uh, singing about whiskey in the morning so there's some desperation in there uh of of, of some sort but yeah your comment on you i i think you are 
100% accurate um, with regards to the it being their their best ballad. The the only complaint I have about the song. So the first chorus is just Josh. Maybe he's his maybe his vocal is double tracked, but it's just him. The second one, they bring in some harmonies, and I get it, but I, I feel like bands do this, and I, I don't think they need to do that. I, I think I like the chorus better when it's just Josh, but I mean the the lyrics are so good. Mm-hmm. Because things won't change without you, forfeit the lies that maimed you. Want to dance with the lines and change things, but I can't do it without you. And then that br- that bridge, I guess I'm calling it. So take it easy, girl. You're falling through the night. Your Mona Lisa eyes will comfort me the rest of my life. Good Lord. Mona Lisa eyes. Gotta love that line. So no love the song. Slamming. Yeah, which <laughs> which we've talked about. Yeah, just un- unbelievably filthy uh, <laughs> <laughs> lyrics. Um, great, great song. Fall. Yeah, great, great stuff. And then open my eyes. And I think I mentioned this on the other episode. We we talked about this, but Holly, I, I can still I can still remember listening to this in our old house in Michigan before we moved, and it got to this track and and she loved it but yeah you're right it's 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 thin i mean on one hand it's cool that it's just him and a piano and you know there is a kind of an effect on his voice what during that breakdown or that bridge part kind of in the middle which so there's a little bit of production on it but yeah it would have been cool to have him flush it out a little bit uh a little bit more but great uh Great song. I mean, the album could have ended with "Fall," and I, I'd be, I'd be happy. But getting that bonus track was, was cool. So we may be on the same page here. Side one, it is for me. Yeah, it is for me too. Even I mean that that string of you slamming and fall. And I mean even, and open my eyes, is is great. But there's there uh, there's too much stuff at the beginning. Again, I don't skip it. You know, I don't, I don't not like those songs that kick off side two it's just yeah they're not as strong as as what's on side one so i think we are on the same page cool all right another one in the books we made it (laughs) we we made it through did anyone see Buck Cherry live in 2006 if so when and where and what were your thoughts memories or stories from that show what are your thoughts on Buck Cherry's third studio album, 15, from 2006? How would you rank the songs, including the two Japanese bonus tracks, from 13 to 1? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Buck Cherry's sophomore studio album, Time Bomb, from 2001, side 1 or side 2? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slam Fest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>